Good morning. It's great to be with you today, wherever you are watching on Church Online. And I'm excited today because we're continuing a series called Deep and Wide. It started last week and I'm excited about this series because it captures something that's foundational in who we are as Coast Community. In fact, who we are as the church worldwide, I believe. And Jeff kicked us off last week with a great message that spoke about Jesus being the cornerstone, this rock solid foundation on which Jesus is still building his church today. And so there's this beautiful invitation for us to participate in that. And so this series eyeballs that and we want to own that as a church, that concept that we can actually have really deep roots in Jesus, really deep foundations in our identity and who he is. And from that place, have a really wide reach into our community with the good news of Jesus. It's both and. And so if you haven't seen Jeff's message last week, can I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Coast Community Church, check it out. It's a foundational message in this series, in fact, in the life of our church. Last week, Jeff used this quote. It's from the book Deep and Wide that Andy Stanley wrote. And it's, we haven't really based this series off that book, but there's been some great inspiration and parallels. But there's a great quote that says this. It says, healthy local churches can be, should be, both deep and wide. It's not either or, it's both and. and local churches should be characterised by deep roots and wide reaches. Churches should be theologically sound and culturally relevant. Oh, there's something in that, that when I first read that a while ago, captured the kind of church that I see us to be. That we can be a church that has a really deep roots in Jesus, that we are formed to be more and more like him. We go deep for the rest of our lives. And at the same time, we have very strategic and intentional evangelistic strategies that bring the good news to people in our world that need to hear it. I don't know if you've noticed, it's, it's a subtle thing, but it's really key. Even the logo for our church is a tree. And it's a tree because it captures that concept that we can have really deep roots and really wide branches, really deep in Christ and really fruitful in the way that we live. And so today, part two of Deep and Wide, I want to explore something that I believe is probably the two biggest questions that you and I need to answer as people. That's a pretty big statement, but I totally believe this and have believed this for a long time. I think there's two questions that go to the core of who you are, to the deepest place of who you are. Two questions that left unanswered have major negative consequences for your life. Two questions that if answered and answered with truth actually bring a freedom for this life and the life to come. These are the two questions. It doesn't get any bigger than this, in my opinion. The first question is, who do you say Jesus is? It sounds like a simple question, but in fact, that question is the number one question that I believe we're to answer as people. And it goes to our core. It goes to the most deepest place. The second question is this. Who does Jesus say you are? Who does Jesus say I am? Because that gets to our, our core also. And so today I want to explore those two questions. 
Who do you say Jesus is? Not who I say he is. Who do you say Jesus is? And who does Jesus say you are? Powerful questions. I really just want to unpack one scripture, which even Jeff used last week, about a guy by the name of Peter. And he was one of Jesus' disciples. And he, he kind of walked with Jesus for three years, experienced lots of things with Jesus. But there was a moment where there was this deep engagement with Jesus, I believe. One of those times where you just sense there's something so deep and significant going on that, that almost words can't capture that. And I wanted to share this because Peter has this deep engagement with Jesus that leads him to a decision. It leads him to a confession that has significant impact for Peter personally, but also for the church. Can I ask you as we read this passage of scripture, just put yourself in Peter's shoes. Here's here's a guy that has been walking with Jesus. I mean, some of Peter's story, for example, he was a fisherman before Jesus called him to follow him. Probably a really rough kind of guy, probably had colorful language, was just living this this fish, probably a buff dude. And, And Jesus calls him to say, hey, come follow me, just an ordinary kind of guy. And so he did. He left everything and followed Jesus. And walk with him. And this is probably this deep encounter with Jesus is probably after two and a half years of potentially walking with Jesus, seeing Jesus do all kinds of things. This is a story. It's in Matthew 16 from verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he asked him, he asked them, actually, all of them. But who do you say I am? And then Peter, being one that quite often responded on behalf of the disciples, I think it's one of those guys that just talked a lot. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, like the anointed one, the one, the one the prophecies pointed to. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. There's a powerful interaction there between Peter and Jesus. A powerful revelation that culminated from his story and and being with Jesus, which he progressively came to this point of actually verbally confessing from a very deep place. I mean, I kind of hear that that question that Jesus has, but who do you say I am? It's almost like this, this from a deep place, this response that comes out straight away, that you are the Messiah, you are the one, you are God, you are son of the living God. It's like this response from a deep place that Peter brings. Powerful engagement with Jesus that led to a decision. It led to a confession. Have you had that kind of engagement with Jesus yet where you've had that kind of revelation? I mean, if we look at Peter's story even more, very interesting. We go back to John 1 when Peter's brother Andrew introduced him to Jesus and it says in John 1 42 it says and Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus because his name was Simon right when he first met Jesus 
Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock. Very interesting that very early on, first encounter with Jesus, that Jesus even changes his name. He saw something in Simon that was deep. He saw an identity that probably no one else saw. He saw a rock. He saw a rock solid guy and said, come follow me. Well, that's Peter's story. And I believe the story is there for us to actually learn from today. And I want to ask you, what's your story? What's your faith story? How have you connected with Jesus? How have you explored him as a person? I want to ask you, who do you say Jesus is? Now, if I was to ask that question in person to lots of people, I'd probably get lots of different answers. Like a prophet, he was just a good guy. He was a miracle worker. He healed people. There's, he was made, Maybe you might think he doesn't even exist. There's lots of different answers to that question. It's interesting, there was a survey done in Australia in 2016 uh, by the National Church Life Survey Group. And this is the outcome of their survey when they ask this kind of question about who do you say Jesus is? Do you believe there's a God? And this is incredible finding and it saddens me really. It says only 24% of people in Australia, this is in 2016, say that there is a personal God. 24% of our nation. Now, that wasn't even stipulated that that personal God was Jesus. So the answer to that question to our nation, who do you say Jesus is, is probably less than 24%. In fact, with Jesus being God, 36% say there's some sort of spirit or life force. 90% don't know what to think about that. And 21% say there's no God. So people all around our nation, in fact, all around our world, have a different answer to this question. Who do you say I am? Jesus asks. Now, I don't know about you, but where do you sit in that? Who do you say Jesus is? You know, I'm not talking about your family. I'm not talking about your best friend or the person you know that goes to church. I'm asking you, and I'm asking you on behalf of Jesus Because I believe that's what he wants us to do. Who do you say Jesus is? Can you see that's one of the biggest questions we need to answer, if not the biggest? You know, words are powerful. You know, often I hear people say, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I get that and it makes sense. But at the same time, words are powerful. Words come from a deep place. You know, you think about words you've spoken maybe in a negative way to people and it can have years of damage and consequence. Or what about telling your partner or your kids that you love them? It's essential and it's powerful. I mean, if they're shallow words, it doesn't have an impact. But if it comes from a deep place, it's powerful. I mean, you think of a wedding ceremony, for example. Um, The vows are at the heart of a wedding ceremony and their spoken words, a promise to partners, a promise to bride and groom. Powerful words. It would be bizarre to have a wedding ceremony where you just stood there and looked at each other and had no words of promise. Imagine that kind of um, ceremony. A confession of truth 
with words from a very deep place from within you is powerful. And to confess means to actually acknowledge faith in something or profess a belief in something or to admit something is true. To acknowledge after a previous doubt or denial or concealment. And so for Peter, this was such a powerful moment to confess that you, Jesus, are the son of the living God. You are God in flesh. I love Romans 10.5. It talks about this concept and it says, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way, which is where we live now, of getting right with God says, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The voice translation says this. It says, if you believe deep in your heart that God raised Jesus from the pit of death and if you voice your allegiance by confessing the truth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. It's a powerful confession. It comes from a very deep place and it makes a massive difference in your life now and for eternity. You know, one thing I love that is a confession is baptism. Baptism is a beautiful way to confess publicly your belief in Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd encourage you that that if if you have made that confession and you haven't been baptized yet, it's, it's something beautiful to do. It actually has this beautiful confession publicly of your faith in Jesus. One of the most beautiful things I love to do as a pastor. Well, as we look at this passage, I want to look at three things that we can learn from this engagement that Peter had with Jesus. I reckon there are three powerful things that we can actually apply to our life now and we can apply to to our life for the rest of our lives. Three deep outcomes from this one confession, from this question, who do you say I am from Jesus? And if you can get to a place where you have that revelation and you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is God, there is, there is three powerful aspects of that confession. The first is this, your confession blesses you. It does. If you look at that passage, Jesus replied when he's talking to Peter, you are blessed. It's the first thing he said to Peter. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now, I reckon I could do a whole sermon just on that verse because I think we use that word bless pretty flippantly in our culture. You know, we use it, bless you, bless you, God bless you. And that's all good. Let's keep saying that. I mean, we even do that when someone sneezes, you know, bless you. Like we hear it, we hear it lots. But what's happening in this story is this deep engagement with a person, an almighty God. And there's this concept that in Peter's story, in his journey, he's met Jesus and Father God himself 
has brought this deep spiritual revelation in who he, who he is. And that's collided and it's resulted in this revelation that only God can bring that leads to a confession that you just can't help. It kind of erupts from your spirit that Jesus is God. That kind of blessing totally changes your life. It's a deep spiritual blessing. Peter was blessed with this personal revelation from God himself, direct from God. I love it when it says in there that you did not learn this from any human being. You know what? No man can take any credit for anybody's salvation. I don't know if you noticed, you can't, you can't control people. You can't make people do stuff. We can have an influence and God uses us in that space, but it's God himself. And my hope is that in your life, in the people around you, that you have your life. And as you lean into God, you, you, you kind of get close and you explore the truth. And then, and then there's this, this engagement, there's this spiritual encounter where the father who's drawing people to himself brings this revelation in your gut, in your spirit, in the core of who you are, where you go, my goodness, Jesus is God. He came into this world as God and he came into this world for me to give his life for me. I'm included in that. I mean, that is a powerful revelation and that is at the core of who you are. What a blessing. What a blessing. John 6.44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I'll raise them up. That's what Jesus said. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says, So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So there's this spiritual engagement, a deep engagement that you encounter, that I encounter. My hope is that we see many more people in our nation, in our local community, in our world, because the Father is drawing people to himself. And my hope is that we see people lean in, explore Jesus for who he is and have this spiritual revelation that Jesus is God. It's core to who we are. We were meant to have that hole filled within us. Without that, man, we live an empty life. We try and fill that with all kinds of things. But when we understand that a confession that Jesus is Lord is a blessing and we can live blessed. You know, I know a guy, one of the guys I catch up with, he's on the coast here. You might know him. His name's Craig Stevens. I love Craig. He works for the Salvation Army. And you've heard me say before, I'll ask him every time, Craig, how are you going? And his answer almost every time is blessed. He understands that he's a blessed man. Because he's had a revelation that Jesus is God and he lives a blessed life. You can live that kind of life because your confession is a blessing. Even at the definition of blessing, it's almost like that's something to be envied. You're a blessed person if you have had a confession that Jesus is God. What a powerful way to live. The second thing that's powerful from this story is your confession identifies you. If you look at that passage, it says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. So Jesus says, you're blessed. And then he says to Peter, I'm going to tell you who you are. And and Jesus had already started that journey. What a powerful thing when, like I said, when Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon to Peter and Simon kind of meant to listen or to hear or to obey. And 
Peter means rock. You know what? Identity in our culture right now, I think, is one of our major crises in our world. People not knowing who they are. It's a massive issue in our world today. And I think it's even more of an issue in our younger generations. They're asking this question. Maybe you're watching this. You're asking this question. If you're thinking, man, I don't know who I am. I'm feeling lost. Well, the, actually, the answer is in your engagement is who do you say Jesus is? Because when we explore that and we realize that Jesus is God, he will speak straight back into your life and start telling you who you are, who Jesus says you are. The second big question I think we need to answer. I mean, we can just look at scripture for a little bit and see some of these Blessing some of this identity piece. In Ephesians 2, it says, You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, and together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. You, you are, you're a member of God's family. That speaks right to the core of who you are. Or 1 Peter 2.10 says, Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Your confession that Jesus is God actually shapes your world so significantly because it gives you an identity. An identity of truth. And you know what? There's so much in that. I believe we can unpack that for the rest of our lives. Who does Jesus say you are? I want to invite you into a journey. Whether you've made a confession that Jesus is God many years ago, he'll continue to speak truth into who you are. I mean, I remember a little while ago just looking at Ephesians 1. And here's some of the things that come out of Ephesians 1. It says, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am united with Christ. I am loved. I am chosen. I am holy. I am without fault in his eyes. I'm adopted. I belong to Jesus. I've been purchased. I am forgiven. All of that speaks into your identity, into my identity, and it all comes out of that answer. Who do you say Jesus is? And straight away, Jesus will start telling you who you are. If you are feeling lost, if you don't know who you are, can I encourage you to turn to Jesus? Just check him out. Go to the Bible. Start actually exploring Jesus as a person and you will see that he is God himself. You know, your parents gave you a name. Oh, I wonder what name Jesus would give you. Because he sees your identity and he likes what he sees and he'll call it out of you and he'll bring it to life. It's powerful. The third thing is that your confession commissions you. Your confession that Jesus is God actually commissions you. Check this out. It says, upon this rock, I will build my church. That's what Jesus says to Peter. He says, you're blessed, I'll tell you who you are, and on this rock, of this confession that you say that I'm God, I will build my church. And you know what? There's nothing that will come against it. Not all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You know, Jesus is building his church today, and he's building it with people who make this confession. Even in this climate we're in now of coronavirus that's impacted our world, I tell you what, Jesus is, is building his church. It's coming alive. Some of the things that I've witnessed personally of seeing what God's done is powerful. You are commissioned. You're included. You're aligned with the cornerstone. 
You're part of the living temple of God. You're one of those living stones in God's temple. You are part of that if you make this confession that Jesus is God. You're commissioned. You will know this if you've had faith for a while in Matthew 28. It's known as the Great Commission. It says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, your confession commissions you. The answer to that question that Jesus is God and then Jesus tells you who you are, it's actually for a purpose. You created on purpose to be, to present yourselves as this living stone in God's temple, to be part of what God's doing in this world, to build his church, to partner with him in that. You know, your commissioning is a big deal. Your confession commissions you and it's a big deal. My brother-in-law, Mick, is a police officer and he retrained later in life to be a police officer. And I I watched him do that and heard the stories of his training. It's full on. And to go to Goulburn for that in New South Wales. And all, all of us as a family went down for his graduation ceremony. It was inspiring and it was a big deal. It was a big deal. You know, if we go to that kind of length to commission our law enforcement people, which is a great thing to do, being commissioned for what God wants to do in his world is way bigger than that. And you know what? It comes from a confession of faith. It actually comes from you confessing that Jesus is God and we understand who we are. And then we go, man, I'm commissioned in that. Powerful. We're commissioned to partner with Jesus to build his church. We're commissioned to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples for the rest of time until Jesus comes back and brings this to a close. Peter understood this. The leadership Peter brought to the early church is inspirational. And we can see that in Acts. I'll share that with you in a minute. But you know what? He didn't operate that all the time, you know, it's, you know so I, I find hope in that. He didn't get it right all the time. That brings me comfort. But at the deepest part of Peter, he knew that Jesus was God. He knew who he was in God. And he knew he was commissioned to partner with Jesus to build his church. And so he got it right sometimes and sometimes he didn't. You know, Matthew 26 in verse 75, it talks about when, G, when Peter actually denied Jesus says, you know, suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind and before the rooster crowed, you will deny me three times you ever knew me. And he went away and he wept bitterly. So he had those times. But you know what? At the core, at the deepest place, he knew the whole deal. And you look at Acts, like Acts 2, it says, you know, this is after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and people are going, what's going on? People are just drunk. They're out of control. And then it says, then Peter stepped forward. Man, I hope that we can be people that can step forward. He stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. And then he preached a cracker of a message, probably one of the best messages you could ever hear, I reckon. And then in verse 40, it says, then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crook generation. And those who believe what Peter said, 
Those who believed that Jesus was God were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 people. Powerful. Well, I want to ask you, what about you? Who do you say Jesus is? Can you confess that Jesus is God? Because if you do, you're a blessed person. If you do, Jesus will speak into who you are and and you'll have this rock solid identity that just goes deeper and deeper for the rest of your life. And you'll understand that you are commissioned, commissioned in this living church, this growing church. And you have a part to play in that. Ephesians 4, where the vision of our church comes from, talks about a gifted church. But as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. You have a gift. You have a strength. You have got what it takes all because your encounter with God and the blessing where you can say with this confession that Jesus is good. You are good to go to partner with Jesus. You are good to go in building his church with him. Jesus is building it, but he wants you in that. You don't need a theological degree, although that's great for some people. You don't need to know all the answers because nobody does. You don't need to wait until life is all together because nobody has life all together. You don't need to wait for the right time because today is the day of salvation for many people in our world. They just need to hear the good news of Jesus. You are commissioned because of your confession. And Jesus is building his church. He wants to partner with you and I, no matter what situation is coming against us. Can we pray about that? Father, I thank you that you're a God who sees people, loves people. And Father God, I thank you that right now you are drawing people to yourself. That through your spirit, you are... You are alive and active in people's lives. You're alive and active in this world. You're drawing people to yourself. Lord, I pray that this day, Lord, that for, for people who may be watching this who, who haven't had a confession yet that or a belief that Jesus, you are God, I pray that this day as they're engaging in this, God, Father, that, that by your grace you'd bring a revelation deeply that, my goodness, Jesus is God and he gave his life for me. But I pray that this day would be the day of salvation. And I pray, God, that there'd be decisions made and confessions that Jesus is God. And I just thank you, God, that today that you're inviting people into your family because of that confession. Lord, I pray that you'd help people answer that question. You'd prompt people that you'd ask that question, who do you say I am? And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd speak into our lives about how you see us. And for those of us that have had made that confession, God, I pray that you'd speak into our our identity. We'd know who we are. You'd take us deeper in that. And the foundation of our lives would be so deep and so strong. I thank you for that, God. And I pray, God, that, that with our confession that commissions us, I pray, God, that we would understand that that you've revealed your truth to us for a purpose and we're invited into the most adventurous mission in the world, your mission, God, in your world. And God, I pray that you'd show us how you've gifted us and our part and what it is that you want to partner with us in building your church in this climate right now. And so, God, we want to commit that to you. I thank you, God, that you're a God who reveals yourself to us. You don't have to, you choose to, and it's all because of your grace and your forgiveness. 
God, we want to embrace that today and declare with our mouths that, Jesus, you are God. Lord, we want to be strong in our identity because our confession identifies us. And God, we want to say yes to being commissioned in your mission, in your world, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.